From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Welcome in, everybody. We are broadcasting live this morning in the Big and Wild Outdoors out at G5 uh, Feed and Outdoor. We're celebrating the one-year anniversary happening today. Today is the last day of the uh, Big Giant sale and all the other stuff that's going on inside the uh, building. And we are out here in peace and quiet. It is a little quiet. It was a second ago. I was trying to enjoy it. It's the first day of the fall. It is. Can you believe it? It's the first day of fall, and what? It's going to get to what ninety thousand degrees today. I think yeah, <laughs> it's going to get pretty warm. I think it was right nice this morning, though. It is this morning. There's but no wind blowing. It's like it's like dead light calm. Breeze, it's crazy. And uh, we're over here just a little bit west of uh, Plant City on ninety two. You're not going to miss it. Trust me. If you're coming down, uh, get off on uh, North. Uh, what is it? North Forbes. Take a left at the light and go down about an eighth of a mile, and we're on the left-hand side. If you're coming from Plant City, if you're coming over from that way, you know, right outside of town, we're like what? I think we're two point something miles from Fred's Market, and I know that because that's where I go to lunch. Yeah, you're not too far. <laughs> I, I think you have bigger tires on your car, and it may be a little oh. further than that. Oh, your odometer just doesn't read it. Well, I know I'm only about two miles away from Maryland's chicken, so I'm all good. <laughs> well, I did manage to stop by the hole-in-one and got you some donuts, so you'll be a little sugared up here shortly. And that's only about two miles away, too, yeah. so that's all good. Uh, we are out here for the Big Giant Sale. Uh, we were talking a little bit about it last week. Lots of guys are going to be here. Lots of people are going to be here. A lot of people from – uh, the industry are going to be here. All the pro staff are guys. Uh, Shimano pro staff guys are going to be here. The fire disc rep is going to be here making uh, some food, doing demonstrations, cooking on the fire disc out here. Of course, GMB Gator Gear has their rep out here today. Yeah. Be Bill George, who's uh, hanging out here today. And uh, Loophold, their pro staff is going to be out here mounting scopes for free, not giving scopes away for free, but if you purchase one and, uh, maybe put it on one of those really nice Tika rifles they have on sale out here. With the deal going on today, they'll uh, mount and bore sight your scope for free. So just come out and do that. And uh, our old buddy uh, Mark Stepbach is coming out. He's from Benchmade. He'll be doing some engraving on some blades. If you have a Benchmade, if you're an owner, you want to get something special put on your blade, he'll come out and uh, put it on the little laser dealio and just do it right here, right in the store. And I didn't know it made that sound. It, I made that sound. Okay. And I made something like that. It probably something a little higher <laughs> it probably, pitched. It probably goes, yeah, something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, Gordon's got a bench made, and I said, dude, get yours done. He's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, because he's got a full-size Infidel, and uh, there's not a lot of room to put anything on there, to be honest with you. But No flat surface. <laughs> no, it's all rounded, and it's very thin. It's a double-sided uh, out the front, so it's uh, – it's pretty quick, and there's not a lot of room to put stuff on there. Yep. But the big news of the day, believe it or not, the biggest news that we've had in a long time, Glenn is back. <laughs> Barely, but I'm here. <laughs> Glenn is back in the house, man. It's been like, you know, a month and uh, Sundays. It feels you. like a, I've had a great vacation. Listen. I'm telling you, Jonathan <laughs> is out today. He's out hunting today, but Glenn is back. 
I tell you, I think Glenn is running out of mason jars. <laughs> Why is that? I don't that? think so. <laughs> Why is that? I don't think Why? I'm running out because of mason jars. Because where's he putting all that money he's making? Ah, you know, buried it out there by next yeah. to the lake out there, five steps away from the cypress tree. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's, that's his savings account. No, uh, but uh, it's nice to have you back, man. I mean, it's been forever. Yeah, it's been a while. And you, uh, You've changed so much. They grow so fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say today that uh, it is good to be back. Uh, I got to see a lot of people at the gas station this morning filling up those boats, going going fishing. I'm thinking, man, I'm going, I'm going to work. I'll be going to work. I feel like Braden going to work after the show. So, Are uh, you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. It never, it's never ending, especially during the rainy season for you, I know. But uh, it's nice to have you here, seriously. And then, of course, uh, we, we missed you. We mean we missed the voice of reason in the room. You know, you turn Jonathan loose and you give him too gets, much rope. It gets it gets crazy, don't it? It'll, it'll it gets kind of nutty, but it's fun to do every once in a while. When Dad's away, the mice, you know, cats will play. Kids are gonna jump on the couch. That's what we did. We jumped on the couch while you were gone. Yeah, I got a call from uh, Uncle William yesterday, and <clears throat> he was telling me uh, all about the water levels at his place. But of course, he did say there was a few dove. If I wanted to come out, uh, he wasn't planning a big. Uh, barbecue like he normally would do on the opening uh, day of dove season. But come on out if we wanted to make it and uh, shoot out a few boats. Really? Yeah. D- did you go? That's today, man. I know. <laughs> Starts are you today. Go- are you going to go? Whoa. You look a little peaked. You may not be able to make it to work today. <laughs> no. Uh, feel my work tired. is just a little, you know, just a little time. But uh probably plan on running out there. I did tell him that Carlos has been bugging me about uh, getting out there to bring him his uh, thermosail that he's been holding for two years. Uh, y- you know, when we're out there the last time, it- it's amazing how thermosail thinks that everybody knows about them. People that have them knows about it, and they're not going to go anywhere else but thermosail. Of course, if you use one of those uh, particular products, y- you come to say, yeah, that's part of the part of the gear must have. And out there with Uncle William, the mosquitoes just eating something. Of course, Carlos being the thermosail guy pops one out and, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. What is it? <laughs> so anyway, Never Carlos seen one of those yeah, before. Carlos got him one, and uh, we've been trying to get it to him since uh, two seasons ago. Well, he better show up. He said he was going to come out today and join us because uh, I know his good buddy Eddie is going to be coming out here looking for his socks, man. Getting him a tractor trailer load of goodies out of here today. Well, uh, you know, believe it or not, Eddie listened to the show. He came in, and he bought a Tika rifle. And he's coming back today to get the uh, loophole guys to put the scope and do it and mount everything on there. So, And uh, it was so funny because as he was buying the rifle and picking out the scope and everything else that he wanted to get, the one thing that he was wanted to make sure he picked up when he got here was not the rifle. It was his socks. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, Carlos is going to be here, right? I went, he said, he's going to be here because I've been waiting like almost two years for those socks, man. I've been in, I, you know, I, I want those socks. And so uh, uh, he's going to be out here. Well, I can guarantee you, Carlos, like like uh, talking about Uncle Williams with the thermosel, he doesn't forget. If he promised no. something to somebody, he he's coming. Well, that's he, what I say. Carlos has been uh, bugging me quite a bit about getting them out to him. So <clears throat> I need to get out there uh, either today or tomorrow, maybe after church or something, and uh, visit with him a little bit. And uh, well, he didn't do any planning or anything today. It was probably not worth his effort if it's got we've had that much rain on those fields. Yeah, he said it was wet, but he still has a few birds coming in late in the afternoon uh, for that roosting round. It'd be a good good shoot at that point. You so know? you'll have to be on the south end of the field where all those 
spindly little pine trees are down there. That's right. That's where Glenn likes to hunker down out there <laughs> and melt the barrel on that uh, J.C. Higgins out the there. The best part of that is, is that you don't have to sit in the field during the heat of the day. Uh, you, you know, it's one of those afternoon, late afternoon hunts, and then you can get it done while you Enjoying a cool little breeze, blowing around with the sun setting. It'll be an awesome time. Well, I tell you, I, I'm hoping that this year, with the way the weather system's been, it'll actually be cold this year. I don't even remember last year's winter. Do you? I mean, it, it went by. It seemed like it went by so fast. There were no real, real nasty cold days. All I'm sitting here thinking, you know, in the 80s, when we had a really, really, really bad red tide, that literally, I mean, hung around for a long time, kind of like the one we have now. We had a really bitterly cold winter that following uh, winter when it came up, so I'm hoping that it's cyclical <laughs> and that, uh, you know, we got a really, really bad red tide going on on the West Coast that, the, you know, the good Lord brings us some really frigid cold air and drops that water temperature down and kills the red tide and gets rid of a few thousand million mosquitoes and, uh, and gets Braden things a lot cooler here. Break out a pair of 1989 pair of pants to put on a, <laughs> instead of a shorts. Blow off some, blow <laughs> off some boots. <laughs> Get the dust off the he, boots and put them on. Yeah, he doesn't spend that much time outdoors anymore. No, not unless I'm mowing the yard. But uh, today's going to be a good day. We hope you'll come by and register. Uh, we're going to be doing some giveaways. One of the great ones, we had a lot of people come through the door at G5 yesterday, and right at the beginning of the door is a registration table. They're going to be giving away a really, really nice uh, toolbox. I like it. I've seen it through the glass. Yeah, Realtree uh, donated that. So it's got the Realtree camo on the top, and, and that one's going out the door. Uh, Bill George has generously donated an entire uh, gear uh, uh, gator-getting gear package, which includes the harpoon the the darts the floats the rope the snatch hook the bang stick i mean it's got everything what size it. bang stick is it 44 44 magnum baby that'll work that's It'll really work. nice and last but not least if you are an equine owner uh you want to come in and register because you could win one year a free horse feed an entire year what if you have a corral full of horses you know how much money that would save you to have a year's worth of horse feed that's incredible you know we had a lady came in yesterday and she registered she said i don't own a horse but if i win i'm going to donate it to uh horsepower for kids so that they can have it for the year and i thought wow that is a really great idea well maybe we'll register I, i'm telling <laughs> you well we got to take a, a really quick sweet break feed in the feeder be good uh, yeah that'd be nice we're going to take a break. We are broadcasting live at G5 Feed and Outdoors. We hope you'll come by. We're right here on Highway uh, West of 92. I mean, on 92, just west of Plant City. We want you to come by, register, shake a hand, register for all the good stuff. And as we go on through the morning, we'll tell you about all the other good stuff going on around. And, of course, it is hunting season. A lot of nice deer have been taken out. Dudes are throwing cell phones in my face every day. Look at that. And there are some monsters being taken out of the state already. Not in Florida. Yes, in Florida. G5 Feeding Outdoors is where we are. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford and G5 Feeding Outdoors. We'll be back. Sing it, Bill.
have seen the TV commercials now and heard the ads. Uh, of course, sponsoring this show for quite a number of years now. Bill and his family, gracious enough to do that for us. I, I remember when they were right over there in the little tiny building over there. And uh, all they had was case knives, big green eggs, some coolers. Well, they had and, uh, feed and a small display of case knives small. now they got one of the largest displays i've seen in this area i think it's second largest in the state wow it's believe it or one. not it's really nice so if you're uh d- now's the time to really be shopping for those christmas items and uh today would be a good day to come on out yeah well you know benchmade is in there it's 20 percent off so uh if you're looking for even a benchmade knife or a case knife they'll be in there making deals it's stocking stuffers there's plenty of them in there uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on today. We got giveaways going on, demonstrations, all that kind of good stuff. And as I said, uh, the giveaways. By the way, you have to be here at four o'clock. Uh, you have to be present to win Bill George's presents, uh, the toolbox, and the horse feed for a year. That's the only three things that you have to be here to. I would be like. I would like to see that toolbox in the back of Ginger's new truck. That would look really nice. What new truck? What'd she get? <laughs> that F-250. I drove it. Is that what it is? Wait a minute. Did she end inherit uh, a new truck or, or your daughter's truck? She in, she inherited a uh, a new truck. We uh, we tried that Edge for about 13 months, and every time we'd try to put something in the back seat, it was pretty tight, <laughs> especially with Wyatt in his car seat and uh, our grandson. He was, yeah, maybe. And then they were running that big sale back on uh, Labor Day weekend. And right. I say maybe it's a good day. Go see Brooksy and get her done. Yep, got to take took took care of us again. And uh, why would you put that in Ginger's truck when it would look just as nice in your truck? Uh, because when she lets me drive her truck, <laughs> I'll, <be able> to, <laughs> I'll have a toolbox. Is that what it is? I get to use it. Is that what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. When she lets me use the truck, I, I, I went it. over the house the other day. This is what I saw. I saw Glenn's truck. I saw another truck. And I didn't see Ginger's truck. Yep, that truck was uh, getting serviced. <laughs> getting serviced. She's getting the uh, the tune-up and the oil change, you know. you got to make sure you do all that stuff. I, I, I thought maybe you were just using all of them. <laughs> no, he's not driving them all at one time. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tough. Uh, we're out here today, G5 anniversary sale. It's the one-year anniversary. Actually, yesterday was the official one year, but today is – a year and a day. So, uh, but it's the last day of the sale. It's been going on this entire month, and we invite you to come on out and check it out. But also, let's not forget that we're also going to be out broadcasting live, coming up here pretty soon out at the Florida Sportsman's Expo, and we're going to be out there with our bells on. With Jonathan's going to be out there with Arrowhead. Uh, Glenn's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Bill George will be there with GB Gator, and uh, I get to even give a couple seminars. Are you really? Yeah. Good for you, man. Finally get up there and get over your stage fright. Yeah. Get a good up there and talk about alligator hunting. and Do up a little soft shoe, a little song and dance type thing. Get the crowd all fired up and then go into your gator catching thing. Yeah, yeah this uh, coming up month is going to be pretty busy for us. Got a lot of things going on. Yes, uh, we do. Fishing tournaments, um, the Antioch days, all kind of stuff. Just big, big uh, month of October, November, of course, with all the holidays uh, that's in between and uh, I'll be out in Illinois doing some archery hunting here soon. Uh, with the archery season opened up last week, it was really a, a bummer for me to be uh, at work. And, uh, you know, I thought about how much I missed being in the, in the woods, for not even worried about the radio show. I was just thinking about me in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, so, is, this is a really 
torn time of year for it me. It is. It's I for have, everybody. I have gator season going on strong. You got archery starting up. You know, archery ends, muzzleloader starts right at the end of gator season. And for some reason, I always seem to have alligators to finish up. Yeah, well, and I, I, I want to take advantage of your weaknesses uh, in the <laughs> archery industry while you was doing the gator and get up there up there in, in our lease and do some archery hunting. But uh, with the one-and-done feeder, of course, we uh, we got those from Jeff when he was down during his gator hunt. How Not, are they working out for you? Hadn't even been able to get up to set them up into the woods. They're, they're are very, you kidding me? You've had them for two weeks. Oh, longer than that. I, I was looking at them in the shop, and I'm thinking, you know what, maybe I'll just throw some corn in there and just let it feed the squirrels and uh, just go from there. Just oh, so I could say, I got get them fed up around the house <laughs> yeah, for small up. game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'd be fun. But I'll, I'll, I'm thinking maybe uh, this week uh, things will start slowing down a little bit and get on up there and get things in order. Well, I tell you, I have places. My house, my property's finally dry except for the bayhead, and I don't think I could say that for the last three months. You know, it's bad. I know it's everywhere, bad. and I think I think a lot of that water has really been moving some of the uh, bigger bucks around. As I was saying before the break, I've had a lot of guys that come in here, and they're showing me some pretty very fine bucks that are coming out of the state of Florida. And I'm like, are you feeding these things? Are you getting these out here? And they're like, nope, nope, it's free range, man. And I don't know if it's because of maybe – I know one of them was taken only about four, four or five miles away from here. And I don't know if it's because of the housing situation where they have more area to browse and and all that kind of stuff. But some of the bucks that I've seen, even down south, that were taken down, bodies were kind of spindly, but their racks were actually really nice. Age. You think that's what it is? Age. Just giving them an opportunity to actually grow. I, I have not seen as many spikes and four-point pictures as I've seen in the past years. Most of the you know deer that why? I've seen are six. Illegal. Six, eight, and ten points. <laughs> Six, eight, and ten points are uh, pretty much all the pictures that I've seen so far. Because Seriously. that's what it takes to be legal. Three on a side. It could be a four. could be a three, just as long as you've got three Wait a minute. I showed, you, I showed you a picture of that guy with that one spike in that dough, and you said because that's a legal deer in Florida. Because five inches. That spike Well, you was just less, contradicted yourself. You that, said, uh, that, it's that's all an legal. antlerless deer. An antlerless deer with with horns uh, with antlers growing out. Less of its than head. five inches. Is that what you're telling me? Less than five inches. Okay, yep. so which is it? Less than five inches, less or than, we have to have the antler requirements? Less than five inches is considered an antlerless deer. Okay. Well, that makes no sense whatsoever. I think you could see uh, anything three and a, inches and above. You would think, especially archery hunting. You would think so. Do you would think so? Why so? would even have five? <laughs> Got a little more buffer room. There you go. Well, why, why don't do you that? go up there on Wednesday oh, and that... give them your two cents worth? Up I, to think there's enough, I think there's enough regulations right now to go and add something else to it. Well, no, this one here, that's the big one. Did you not take the survey? Did they send you the survey on the uh, antler restrictions and what you would and would not agree with when it came to a uh, tag system in the state of Florida? I did the uh, one about a month and a half ago. Is that the one you're – Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did take that survey. And uh, I wasn't opposed to maybe doing some type of uh, tag system just for the fact of maybe um, for tracking the, de- the amount of deer that's being taken, but not putting a limit on the number of deer that you could take. If you wanted to shoot 10 deer and you're hunting in an area that has it, then by all means be able to do so. 
So you'd have to tag each one of those ten deer. Yes, that way you that, for just tracking purposes. Nothing more than I think anything putting a limit after, on somebody's after. ability to if they want to go and hunt, and they have their own lease, private properties, or whatever, and you want to take and shoot ten deer, then by all means be able to shoot ten deer. You those, know, those deer aren't the property of the property owner, but that, they're that the property true. owner that's maintaining and managing no. the, the the habitat for them to to grow and live on. Well, I think that the, the, the whole reason it was brought up was not for the private property owner. It was for what's happening on management lands and places where people are allowed to hunt. Are you shaking your head no? Is that no, not it's right? A, it's a statewide thing. It's a, But I understand it'll that. It'll be but, a statewide But, I, but deal. It's the, the, the complaints aren't coming from private landowners. They're coming from guys who have to stand shoulder to shoulder with 60 other people in a in – a, 300 by 300 area in a management area there's there's things that we call game hogs you know there are people who shoot way more than what is going to be consumed by their household and it's a way that some people feel helps distribute opportunity to somebody else if somebody else is there out there shooting that deer so now you sound like you're wanting to distribute the wealth to the under someone who may not have the privilege or have the opportunity to hunt on a uh, another piece of land other than a management land, you want to have them in kind of an entitlement. If the guy over here can go and shoot 10 deer, but I can only shoot it, four deer. I got deer, a question. If you, if you live I'm just asking the question if to you. you live you downstream, it, if you live downstream and you were pulling water out of that stream and the guy upstream said, I want all the water, and he took every bit of water and cut you off, do you feel like to... you would be entitled to some of that water? Listen, there's regulations in place for the water. Why? Water rights. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, 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 we, we're, that's you're what totally we're getting to. Something. You're that's what we're getting totally to. Different. No, we're not. Yes, you are. See how smart I was? I stayed out of that whole dang thing, man. <laughs> we are big and wild outdoors. we got to take a quick break. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford, we'll get to it when we come back. Oh, boy. <laughs> barely hear Glenn because, you know, he's the whisperer. That's good. And welcome back. Big and Wild Outdoors. And before the break, Bill George, he was trying to impose all his northern activities oh, on the no, southern no, folks. No, 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 I, just you, I just asked you if, they, if your will. neighbor cut off the flow wait, wait, of wait. water, of sustenance, sustenance. Would, would you have an issue with that? Listen. No, no, we're no. Not, that is a yes or no question. That's a, water. Just say whether yes. or not you it, feel it depends it's a on good the analogy. The just water is it. a life and death situation kind of so thing. So is or food. It, uh, listen, we're not talking about food. Oh, we're you not, are we're trying not to eating compare, this? No, you're trying to compare water versus a land management with a game management next door and how many deer can be taken from a private property versus a management area. It's totally different than how much water flows down the creek or how much goes down the it, water. It, if somebody I was, can to, under, I can understand what he's saying because as you, a landowner, you manage your land a little differently than what is done on a management property. You can uh, manage ha- the dirt all you want. It's not the dirt. It's, it's the animals are it's not the yours. Habitat. Yes, they, we're, we're not talking an- about the animals no. belonging into a person. We're talking about managing a state wildlife versus a management. Managing state wildlife, not, and, uh, not only and how much game that you be able to take off of a game management versus a private property. And not only are you managing the game, you're also managing what is on your property. 
We, you know, you got orange grove owners. You got people that are blueberry. You got all those guys. They, how many doe permits do they get? How many deer tags do they get every None. year? You None. None. They do issue some doe tags once in a while in different management areas. No, I'm not talking about management area. I'm talking about for private property. And private property, you have to have it managed and have someone come out and do a survey and issue a number of uh, tags for those on your property. Yeah, but you can no, get as many don't. as 90 tags no, on don't. your property as long Once as you, you do the you, surveys afterwards. You, you, know, you really liver. don't understand the process. What, All right, what are you talking about? Educate me on the process. The, the, because you're you're asking about how many game animals can be taken from a private property and how many you're allowed to have. And no, I'm talking should about you the have dope permits. The dope permits. Four or the, dope permits. They issue those just based on number acreage. acreage. Exactly, on acreage. And then if you want more, you can ask for more, and they may give you more. And you might not. get nuisance tags. There you are other ways around that. That's what I'm saying. You got, uh, you know, we had a property owner who invited us to come down and kill, dude, kill every deer you see. And we're like, what are you talking about? And he said, he walked over to a three-ring binder, and he goes, see all these tags right here? I got to get every one of these off my property this year. And, I mean, he had pages of them. Yeah. I mean, he had like 90 deer that he needed to take off the property. And it didn't matter if it was a doe, didn't matter if it was a spike, didn't matter if it was a world record, uh, you know, 36-pointer. It didn't matter. Get them out of here. And uh, they were all nuisance tags. And it was like a free-for-all. But really, Bill, what it comes back to is there's just a handful of people, and I use the handful loosely, but there's people that may shoot 10 deer a year. There may be some that shoot 15. There may be only one that there's some out there that don't shoot any. That's right. There's a lot that don't shoot any. Well, okay, how much time do they spend in the woods? Do they go once a, once a month? Do they go one time a year, five times a year, versus the guy that goes every weekend who takes a deer every weekend that he goes? Who does the survey, who goes out and, and puts the stuff in the effort and the time like you so guys do. If you're going to spend one or two weeks out of the year in the woods hunting, and I'm spending every weekend in the woods hunting, and I end up with 10 deer at the end of the season, and you get zero, that's on you. But you shouldn't be mad and say, well, he got 10, so I think the state should require no one to take more than four deer a year. Because in Pennsylvania, you get this many, or in Iowa, you get one. I don't care what they do up there. When I show up in their state, I abide by the rules that they have in place. So come to Florida, you want to hunt, you want to shoot 10 deer a year, then by all means, take 10 deer a year. But if you can only shoot one, that's just the way it works. But should there be some ethical hunting in place? Absolutely. So if you're taking 10 deer and you consume 10 deer a year, I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. But if you're shooting 10 deer and you're just wasting the meat at the end of the day, then I do have a problem with it because that's not an ethical hunter. But you don't and know you got what those they're going to do. You people out there that that abuse it, but for the most part, I think everybody that I associate with and talk to, they pretty much follow an ethical side of the law. Well, there's always that bad guy in the crowd. You know, there's always and that that's dude where that's where Officer Nick go comes into play. That's and, right. And takes care of that. And a lot of. A lot of this stuff, if you turn around and you look at the guys who are shooting deer at night with a light. That's different. That has but, nothing to but, do with 10 deer for the year. But that it does because when they How? turn around and have to tag that deer, they didn't they run out it. It illegally. They're, gonna, they're not going to tag that deer. Then they're going to get caught. Well, there you go. That's Nick's job. That's not our Correct. job. That's, that's, that's Officer Nick's job. But, but I but, agreed when I took the survey, I think I picked four deer. I said, you know, for me as a person, so you're I would more be, conservative than what they had. Yes, because I think our choices were like two, four, six, and then ten and above, or some, or eight and above, or something like that. And I, I know for me personally, uh, I, you know, my opinion. They wanted my opinion, and I said I'd probably use no more than four deer a year. So, uh, and 
and I know it sounds like a lot of meat, but when you take four deer and you grind it up and you cut it up and you turn it into anything, out of a 160-pound deer, how much meat do you expect to get out of that? Seriously. Well, if you go ninety pounds, maybe. If you look at it, for, that's that's high. Well, I'm just saying, that's, <laughs> with that's, four deer, you might get that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you think ninety pounds of meat is a lot, but dude, think about the, you know when you fill your freezer up. If you filled up ninety pounds of steaks, hamburger, sausage, everything else, and then go back and look at it in five or six months, half, more than half of that's going to be gone. Uh, the vast majority of it is. But for me and my kids and the way that uh, they want to eat it. With bacon and whatever, you know. Thank God for you know for Al's wild meats and the and the various ways that he can prepare it. You can use it a lot more. And the problem is, is once you do that, you go through it a lot quicker. You know, if my kids are going, Dad, can we have some more of that deer? You know, bacon for breakfast. Yep, another pack, another pack, another pack. And then you look down, and you go, Dang, I'm down to one pack. And there's and that's a good uh, thing to have that problem because then you know it's not wasted, it's not carried over for well, that's true. freezer burnt. But it's kind of like with your fishing regulations. You ask an angler how many fish you should be able to keep on a daily catch, they, it's going to vary. They're going to be differences of opinion. Some don't even keep any of them. And those are the guys that are fishing all the time. All the time. And, and then you got a recreational guy that works every day that gets an opportunity to go on the weekend, and he goes out and he catches four trout, and he says, man, that ain't enough. I need like six more to feed the family. So you know, But he follows the rule. He doesn't take more than he's supposed to. But if that guy that – you see out there is just filling the cooler up with trout and reds, then that guy eventually is going to get caught. Or you're going to see him and report it. Just like your spotting light at the deer you compared. The guy that's shooting deer, how is he going to tag it? Well, he's doing something illegally. Uh, the guy that's taking the recreational side of fishing and going out and trying to enjoy a catch of the day, uh, he if he reports what he catches when they do the surveys, then he's, he's helping out with the, the fishery side of it. So how many deer they kill? In the state of Florida, is there a limit? Yes, there should be a limit. Is there is that limit 10 or is it 4? I don't know, but I just think that an ethical side of somebody that's hunting that spends more time in the woods, that's what they're there for, to fill the freezer. However they feel that they need for their family or their friends, then that's uh, on them. You know, the thing is, is once you put a number on anything, somebody's always scary. Somebody's it gets always, scary. <laughs> not only does it get scary, but somebody's always going to complain. Yeah. Because somebody's going to say, if now I say you know, four, if I say four, you're like, well, that's for you, man, but I need six. And, you know, and this guy says, well, I need 10. Cause not only not do I, I feed myself, but I give them to my aunt and uncle. He's a felon. He can't own a gun. He can't shoot a bow. So I give him, you know, two deer. My grandmother wants venison, blah, 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 blah. And then I donate two of them for this, that, and the other thing. You think about up there in your state where, you were originally from you're no longer there but up in pennsylvania think about how many does are donated every single year to hunters for the hungry when i was in missouri hunt there i could not believe how many guys are standing in line donating one doe to hunters for the hungry now the reason why they do that it gives them an extra day to go out and go hunt and it gives them an extra deer to to, uh, brag to their friends or whatever it is but then they donate it and they don't even take it home did they need to kill that deer no, but at least they put it to good use. You know what I'm saying? So for some people, I need to kill 10, 20 deer. And you're like, for me, as a, four, as a four-deer guy, I go, obviously he's got a reason for that. To me, it's a little excessive, but uh, okay, you know, why would you need uh, – why do you need to shoot uh, 20 deer? I hate to use that word, but, you know, but that's I where, would have to ask. But that's where your fellow hunter, your outdoors person would ask that individual. 
What are you going to do with 10 deer? Uh, all I got to say is if you need that many deer, take a kid hunting. Let them shoot it. Sure. Let your wife shoot it. Let your girlfriend shoot it out from underneath your wife. I don't care. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just there, there needs to be some type of reasonable limit. And in this state, in this day, we do not have a reasonable None. limit on deer. No, 2018, man. And we, we're the only state, I think, that doesn't have a one. a day. Two a day, but here's the thing. Two a day I'm, for I'm, every I'm season all everyone. the way through starting in July. I'm in favor for just a tagging system to where you have to report your your game animal that you take. And then after that would help out at the end of the year, they can tally that up and then present it for everybody as a state to voice their concern or their opinion. And make decisions on which county can issue maybe some extra doe tags oh, or something like, like that. Oh, county? Sure, that'd be awesome. We are big and wild. Got to take a quick break out here at G5 Feet Outdoors. Brandon Ford, thank you guys. We'll be right back. And welcome back big and wild outdoors. And come on out. It's a great day. If you're not on the water, you're not in a tree stand, you're not doing anything of importance, especially the yard work, <laughs> come on out here to G5 Feet and Outdoors. Some great. Uh, prizes will be given away today and a good opportunity to just come and enjoy a really nice store facility that's built here in the community. Uh, very easy to get to, easily, lo- I mean, conveniently located right off the of US 92 between Turkey Creek Road and uh, Forbes Road. Just take the exit. It's right off I 40. Go miss south, it. whichever direction. Just remember what south is. And then once you get to 92, make a left. You, can you take can't a, go wrong. If you were going up 60, you could go straight up Turkey Creek Road. And uh, when you hit the T, Take a left, and we're about a quarter of a mile down on the on the uh, right hand side, north side of the road. Mark uh, Stepak just came in from Benchmade. He just walked in, so we're going to get him on the air a little bit later on. But uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about deer hunting, and actually, we were discussing in a very aggressive manner. Yes, sure was. But uh, <laughs> one of the things we kind of glossed over was the fact we we'd, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention our good buddy Al at Al's Wild Meats. For those who because uh, this time of year, that's one of those numbers you need to keep in your cell phone. You know, so yeah. you know yeah. Al's Wild Meats, uh, great guy, does a lot of great things not only for for us or, and for hunters, but also for the community. Yeah, and if you're one of those guys that shoots 20 deer a year and you would like to donate, uh, Al is one of those facilities that's been licensed uh, to feed the hungry programs and. Uh, also, as well as hogs, and this past week, uh, one of our good friends donated some hogs to Al down there to uh, feed uh, the the food bank. And uh, so, keep that in mind and store that number. If you got a lot of places, you own a lot of land, and you got a lot of hogs, and you want to take and reduce those numbers, and you just don't want to let them go to waste, keep in mind Al's Wild Meat will process those and donate them to uh, the food banks here in the state of Florida. That's a good thing. Instead of letting them lie and feeding the buzzards, uh, take them and let them feed some people who need the food. That's a good idea. Al's is probably going to get kind of busy. So, like I said, you need to uh, keep his number <laughs> in your cell phone. Uh, go look him up. He's online. He's on Facebook. He's everywhere else. You know, Google it, whatever you need to do. Al's Wild Meats. And uh, he's right down there in Riverview, right off the interstate. It's easy to get to. It's basically uh, taking a left and then a right and then a left and you're there. So it's it's not like it's way far, far out of the way. It's just right off I-75. So yeah, it's, uh, it's very easy to get to. You uh, won't get lost. No, nah, not for long anyway. <laughs> it's on a big old loop. You can't miss it. What are you, what are you looking at over there, He's Bill? trying you're, to see some more well, no, regulations. Well, no, you look very intent over there. Yeah, uh, 
One of the things, I do believe uh, we have a link from thebigandwild.com. Yes. If you look at the sponsors, there's a link from there. You click on Owl's Wild Meat logo, and it'll take you right to a page where you can see information on what it takes, you know, what his price sheet is and that. It's a real convenient way for people to get to it. If you if you turn around, just remember, go to bigandwild.com, you know, go to the sponsors page. You can see links to many of the sponsors that, that help out with this show. Yeah. And we appreciate all that effort you put in for us too, Bill. He will, uh, just a reminder, he doesn't do gators. He does not do alligators. He doesn't do alligators, but uh, anything with fur on it, you know, bring him a couple possums. I'm sure he could probably make some pretty good breakfast sausage out of it. Well, you know, I, I know we have. I'm kidding. Uh, I don't be showing up with no dead possums and a couple of raccoons. He, he might I'd like to back. donate these yeah. to the fungus. See if he can make some sausage out of this. I want to see if I can what Possum it tastes sausage. like. Possum sausage. I don't even know what kind of fat you would add to that. I don't think you'd have to add anything. <laughs> I, I, yeah, basically grind up a dirt and put it in there. If you want to deter anyone from hunting, give them possum sausage, I think. That just don't even sound good. I bet it would be What do you mean bad. it doesn't even sound good? I bet it would it be pretty not good. too bad. Haven't you ever Evidently eaten possum you're before? not hungry enough. I've never eaten possum, and I'm not going to say it ain't bad or it's good. Or I've had possum before and so raccoon, making, they were both pretty good. You're judging it just upon the looks. The, the looks of the end. <laughs> That's right. Possum is much better than beaver, I will tell you that. Well, if it's any better than beaver, it's a plus because I've tasted that and it's rain. It was not uh, something. And it might right. be the preparation, too. So, not going to totally go against it. But the way it was presented and we it was, ate it. It, it was, was pretty terrible. chewy and extremely livery. And uh, it's not two of my favorite things. But, you know, it was probably one of those road kills anyway. So, <laughs> 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 we don't want to cut them out. Oh, man. You know, when is that? Are, 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 of course, that's happening again. That's not too far away, is it? Am I thinking wrong? Or no, it's a, a wild game dinner. Anytime you see plastic going on the ground for the strawberries. Exactly. Uh, it's just around the corner because it is the last Saturday of February, which is the week before the Strawberry Festival kicks in. So it, it, it's not too far away. And yeah, it, it's so coming up, and it'll be a great time as well. That's the uh, wild game ever, dinner out of Countryside yeah. Baptist Church. But if they ever said how many fish should you be able to keep, then I'd be in trouble because I'm going to say all of them. <laughs> well, that's because you well, need them for that. Well, listen, they are talking about putting um, catch and release possibly for a year on snook and redfish. Well, that's one of those things with the uh, red tide outbreak. Is that necessary? Uh, I'm not a big saltwater fishing person, so I'm not going to say, yes, it needs to be imposed or that needs to be in place because I'm going to leave that to the people. Well, who have a lot of knowledge, who fish it, who knows the waters, and knows what, it, exactly what's and happening. And that's, that's what I would hope for, too. But a while ago when we had that real hard freeze, there was a lot of guides that did not and fought snook coming back open for keeping snook. They, they're making their money off of catch and release a lot for the, the guide trips. Sure. And they really wanted to see that fishery not get back opened again, especially down – a little bit further south from here. Well, I, I know that the, the the saltwater guys that I've spoken to this past week, they've all been generous in the fact that they said if they want to close it for a year and a half, I'm okay with that. And that's what I've been they've, seeing they've on actually the social said side of it, is that people uh, that are fishing in those areas, are they're, they're recommending the same thing. So, And, and all I would say is I, I would be very supportive of that if we had – 
major kills, and I don't know what's been washing up. I, I haven't gone out there and heard of anybody doing sampling to see is it a bunch of mullet washing up or what it is that's washing up. I don't know. Uh, don't have a lot of firsthand things. The but, vast majority that I've seen on the news is mostly uh, pinfish, bait fish, things like that, things that are hanging around up in the surface and stuff. I know that once they uh, had a couple of Goliaths wash up on shore and stuff like that, they were real concerned that it was getting down into the deep waters down there. But That's when a lot, of, peop- but them a lot of people don't realize how actually shallow, shallow water, you know, how they come <laughs> in. So, uh, I mean, they, you know, they're talking about uh, lionfish in Tampa Bay. I know that Tom Free reported when he was out at the pier last week, he said, I can't believe it, I've seen a couple of uh, dead lionfish uh, on the shore. And uh, he was like, I hope it's not getting really far and really deep out there. And I said, dude, those were probably ones that were hanging around underneath that pier. You know, they're they're not just concentrated in two or three areas. They're all over the place. Well, so. And and when you have that outbreak, do you open this, the the doors for you catch what you keep, or you keep what you, you kept catch? what you catch? Yeah, I just got them twisted around. Well, they did uh, they did lift some of the. Uh, you know some of the restrictions on people that when were, they were cleaning them on them the up. beach, yeah, and things like that. <laughs> so, but uh, to be able to say that, you know, th- this one was suffering from red tide when it bit my shrimp or my DOA when I reeled it in, and I get to keep it is not really no. That's probably not going to happen. I'm sure the FWD uh, FWC has been pretty busy on that this past week. It's it's been kind of tough. Well, I I think about now red tide is has uh, been talked about dealt with so much that like like glenn is with water he just so soon not see it or hear about it for quite a while you know i saw a map this past week that was pretty telling in the fact that they were showing the concentration areas of where they were on the wet uh, where it was on the west coast and what was amazing to me was how much was located over by port of tampa not over by Weeden Island, not over in the northern part of, of, of Tampa Bay, but in Tampa Bay on the other side of McDill over in the in area. And I was sitting there thinking, how in the world did it get over? I'm like, oh, ballast from all the ships when they're coming in yeah, and they're doing they're all that stuff. They're, and they're probably not bringing it. They're not sucking water in just off the thing. Scientists are saying it. that's how it got here in the first place yeah. from Canada. I, I don't. Is when don't. they started dumping it out off the coast, and then once it's there, not, it's there. They're not sucking water up out in in the Gulf and then dumping it in Tampa Bay. Sure they are. No, they're not. Yeah, they're they either are. coming in with water or they're drop, dumping it. They're not changing it. On the way it. in. How else would you explain it being right there in concentrations almost the same as off the beach in Port of Tampa but not anywhere Probably else in the bay? Whatever the wind patterns were, blew it there. Really? So yeah. we've had a southerly breeze pushing it just to one side of Tampa Bay. Yeah. Oh, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. You know, for that, I'm shooting <laughs> Out of 20. my mind? You know what? We're talking about mind. sucking it up in chips and dumping it out. Well, that makes more sense than saying the wind's going to blow it. When, you know what? Just for that statement, I'm killing 20 deer this year. <laughs> I'm going to go kill 20 deer this year. Nick, I hope you're listening. I'm going to go kill 20 deer this year. In 10 days. On his Xbox game. I'm going to do it in a day. I'm going to do it in a day. I'm going to go get Deer Hunter 2, and I'm going to go throw it in the Xbox, and I'm going to go murderous on all of them. Kill them all. And you know what? Even a couple of bears, just to be even more evil. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to post the game shot uh, uh, on the Facebook page for Peter to just get all mad. Say, this is what I got no Cala today. St. <laughs> Pete. 
In St. Petersburg, in Fossil Park, this is where I shot these two bears. <laughs> right next to the playground, there were some kids there, too. Protection. With a 300 wind mag that Bill George let me borrow. With a silencer. With a, with a suppressor. Just for that purpose. So he knew he was aiding in the bed. Uh, yeah, and at <laughs> night. We are Big and Wild Outdoors. Hour number two coming around if you can stand it. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We are, G5. we are sponsored by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford, come on out and see us. We'll be right back.